Well, this will be a uh, very interesting conversation as we start the lunchtime hour with Gresh and Foyer. Tommy Curran will join us on the Harbor One Hotline. He is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lepresti, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran, regression foyer on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. What's up, boys? How's it going? Well, what a day. I mean, this is, uh, we've never really seen a situation like what happened last night with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Just your general thoughts, Tommy, on what you saw last night, all the way around, media people included, NFL response, all that. What's on your mind? You articulated it well. It's unprecedented. And I think what brings it home is, we are able to compartmentalize and put on a box in a box on a shelf how much players like Christian, Wiggy, the players in the league currently um, put themselves through when they go on the field. Really, anyone from peewee football on up, it's a brutal sport, it's a collision sport, and there is an element of risk at all times. And we have seen so often the NFL's efforts to combat head injuries, blows to the head and neck, targeting players being in compromised situations when they're hit. But this seemingly is a reminder that contact sports, whether it be Little League baseball or hockey, when you take a trauma to the chest area, can have an impact. And just generally speaking, the cardiac event that DeMar Hamlin has suffered, so much speculation among medical professionals right now, whether it be on social media or publicly, is it uh, could be commotio cordis, which is when the heart is struck in such a way at the exact wrong microsecond, and it stops. And, and there are examples of it out there with Bob Probert in the NHL back in the 90s. Um, there were, sadly, uh, literally, a Little League player was, was struck um, in the chest, in Massachusetts in the 90s and passed away. It, it, it can happen, and it's chilling, and it shows just how much these guys are going through and how palatable and digestible we have made a violent collision sport. So, Tom, have you uh, reached out to any of your you know, comrades you know, uh, you know, down in Cincinnati about what the actual scene was like on the field as far as what they saw, like the, just the chilling you know, photos that we see? You know, it leaves a little bit to your imagination. Yeah, and the people that I would know in Cincinnati would have been sequestered in the press box as well. I think that what we're understanding from just what the reactions of players like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, a variety of players, was that they were understanding that there was a player who was fighting for his life on the field. And I would imagine that the efforts made by the medical personnel there, as frantic as they seem to be reportedly, were indicative of just how dire it was so to me we look at that and and we understand this is again it's unprecedented and all those people then suffered a a trauma as well and i think that we're way more attuned to it now than we would have been a decade ago 
certainly two or three decades ago. Do you understand, get this, in 1989 when Clint Malarchuk was playing goal for the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, I remember this. And we remember that going through the crease, his neck was struck by a skate, and he basically filled the entire crease with blood as his carotid artery had been severed. He survived. That happened 10 minutes into the game. They finished the game. Jeez. They finished like, that I, game. Yeah, well, I, and I, I remember the I giant remember the video of pile of yeah. blood as it was on the ice, and it's shooting out of his neck, and then they're like, ah, let's mop it up and go play. <laughs> and that's the 80, it's an 80-game season, and that's March in which that occurred. And I'm not saying that's what should be done. What should have been done then is you cancel the game and make sure you get a counselor in there to talk to every single guy who wants it or even the ones who don't want it just to make sure. And that's what I think that the NFL has to be have at the forefront. Even if it looks like overcorrecting, the NFL is able to step on a rake every chance it gets <laughs> with everything. Overcorrecting in this instance is the wise thing to do. And if that means calling this game a tie, then that's what you do. Well, that, that that's what Christian and I have been talking about, Tommy. If you're Cincinnati, can you accept that? I mean, there's the humane part of it. There is the, hey, we understand we went through it as well. But then there is the, why should we suffer in the standings if we're willing to play the game? How do you sort of massage that if the Bengals object in that way? I think that your leadership as a Bengal, look, and that's the thing. You got however many players in the league, 3,500, I might be exaggerating, um, plus coaches, plus trainers, plus GMs, plus ownership, plus the ancillary folks around ownership, and everyone's going to have an opinion, and everyone's going to have a different vested interest. But the main vested interest should be not stepping on a rake. It should be the Buffalo Bills, how they feel, whether or not they're ready to play. So if there are players on the, the Bengals who say, you know, we should be able to play, we understood the risks involved when we took the field and um, nothing has changed, somebody needs to put a hand on the shoulder of that player and say, think that out. Unspool that a little bit. And, and we're going to let the adults in the room be our spokespeople and, and just follow along. The decision makers in this instance, whether it's, Mike Brown, owner of the Bengals, uh, the Pagula family, Roger Goodell, um, Robert Kraft, people like Bill Belichick. I mean, this is honestly a time when you look to someone like Bill Belichick because mm. he is more influential and important than virtually everyone in the league, Roger Goodell included. Yeah, Bill can do an immense amount of good right now with whatever he says. So we're talking to Tom E. Curran. And Tom, how much do the players – have to say in this you talk about ownership you talk about executives do you, how much of the how much of a say do you think the actual players have in this as far as whether they play or not or how it should be handled overall i think that the players won't have much say because it is a 17 billion dollar a year revenue industry i think the players will let their feelings be known bit by bit as time progresses i mean the sad and difficult but real thing is that DeMar Hamlin, even though his vitals have stabilized, is in critical condition. And according to the family spokesman, uh, I think it was Jordan Rooney 
on Good Morning America. He's, he's fighting for his life still. So, see, that's Tom. That's the aspect where I disagree with you. At I feel like the the if I've really just narrowed down just to the Bills. If the league mm-hmm. comes in and says you guys got to play on Wednesday, I guarantee you they say no. Oh, I agree, and that's why. I, and that's why I think the league has to do the right thing and not walk in and say it. Just don't even give it. Just <laughs> I say agree forget with you. it. And I think the I think the Pagula family would say that as well, though. I just don't think the league is going to do that. You're right. But I You're do right, feel though, like Chris. also, though, Tom, I feel like there's you know nobody like the, the business aspect of it and the money invested and the opportunity that is on the line is so significant that I, in a way, I do think there can be some gamesmanship. Now I'm just. Listen, I just I know how this works. You know, like everybody wants, you know, the high ground and and maybe some people want to take advantage of the opportunity to put themselves in a better situation because I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals should just probably just sit there and not say anything and if right. the, and if and if they say, "Hey, listen, we're going to we're going to, you know, call it a tie." You know, there could be some debate on that, I guess, cuz how does it affect all these teams? Like how does it affect directly the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills if there is a tie? Like you who can loses do more out? harm than good. Like, who loses out? I'll go to the 538 website. I don't have it in front of me, but they have all the ramifications. Oh, okay. If you just check tie on that, it'll tell you what the percentages are for everything. But, yeah, there will be individuals within the organization who say, no, we want to play the game. But, again, I think that the long-term damage that can be done is much more profound than the good that can be done by forcing anybody to do anything. You know, look at different, but in a way comparable. The NFL played its games on the weekend of November 22nd, 1963. Pete Rozelle went to his grave regretting that they did that. And that unlike the rest of the world and America, I should say America, the NFL didn't shut down in the wake of President Kennedy's, Kennedy's assassination. This is different, but it's comparable. Do you force the players at the point of a bayonet to go on the field so that you get resolution in the standings as to who's traveling where? It's a $17 billion a year revenue business, and it's the most successful television program in history every single year. It's proven. But just don't damage it. You do enough damage to yourselves with the concussions, with racial hiring practices, with injuries, with responses to violence uh, against women. Don't do something now to put yourself in the crosshairs when you don't have to be. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston Aggression Foyer here on WEEI. If you're Bill Belichick, what are you telling your team right now? Prepare as if there's going to be a football game. What would you tell them about what they saw last night, and does that need to be addressed by Bill to his team? I think those are conversations that would probably be had best, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, in smaller settings, in position meeting rooms, individually. Um, I, I just don't know standing in front of a room and making an announcement is not intimate enough, I think, probably. Christian, I, mean, I just I could see Bill saying that. Obviously, our thoughts are with the Bills and DeMar Hamlin, and we understand that this is what happens. Here's what we know. Here's what we'll do. He'll just stick to the logistics, I would think, but he'd be happy 
to talk to anyone I would think if they needed to. Yeah, even even with even with the fact that the even if they don't play this game, which I don't think they will, I mean, just again, they still got to play on Sunday. The Bills have to. I mean, it's not like you're looking for an advantage over this, but I just don't know how emotionally invested the Bills will be, even if they're playing at home, because a lot of it rests on Demar Hamlin's health. Like, if they get a, don't you feel like if they get a good update, a good prognosis, that that'll kind of dictate the Bills' willingness to, you know, play in this game? Yes. So it could be within this hour or by the end of the day or by Wednesday or Thursday. I, I, this game, when we're, you're saying this game, you mean the Patriots game, not Yes, Cincinnati. the Patriots game, yeah. I, I would say that the Cincinnati game, I would say that there's less than a 20% chance that that thing gets played. I just, I'm just spitballing. No, I just, but I, I mean, agree. yeah, Tommy, like we all are. We have no, and and you you make a great point in the if the NFL could find a way to screw up a one car funeral, they'll be out there with two flat tires saying everything is okay. <laughs> I mean, really. So you know, there is the element of if there is a wrong, <laughs> if there is in the mind of some people a wrong decision that could be made, the NFL would be the one to make it. If this were Week Eleven versus week 18 with the playoffs looming already locked in and scheduled would that just fix a lot of this if you just had more time is it as simple as well borrow the week from the super bowl of the hype and just push stuff back and make it work or is that too easy it's too easy and i think it's also logistically too much for for one game um and especially a game at the end of the weekend. Right. So, I mean, logistically, I, I don't know on on that. I, I don't have a good answer on. I just I just feel as if if you're Bill Belichick and you're preparing your team, you stick to the facts and the logistics. Here's what we know about what we're going to do. <clears throat> Here's what we know about the Buffalo Bills. We all understand it's the overarching concern is our um, colleague, brother, who plays for the Buffalo Bills and the people who play for that team in this industry. But here's what we're going to do while we're at work. We're going to work on third down. We're going to work on red zone. We're going to work on, and we're going to do our work. I, I think that's the only way to approach it. So the last one for me, like, I mean, cause we had so many different aspects to this conversation that we thought we were going to get to, but the playoff situation, as it seems now before this happened, my question to you was going to be, what's more likely, the Patriots going up to, to Buffalo and beating the Bills and securing that seventh spot, or all those other three teams, the Jags, the Dolphins, and the Steelers all losing? I would say it would be the latter. Yeah. You know, given where things were previous to tonight, excuse me, last night, Yeah, I would think it would be the latter because you just would anticipate that the game on – Sunday will matter to the Bills, and they'll they'll yeah. go and get it. And they're a team that has had mastery over the Patriots. Wow, this is uh, this is something, and it, there's going to be a lot of decisions that are going to be scrutinized over the next uh, 48 hours. Tommy, thanks for the chat. I know we don't have a lot of answers, just a lot of opinion, but it was uh, good stuff. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys, hang in there. See ya.